to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get what up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 282 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I am joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vince? What's going on, brother? Well, it's official after last night. Jorge Masvidal has put the world of boxing on super tilt. The UFC has finally taken that leap and jumped above the sport of boxing, Ken. And every boxing fan in the world, they can't take it. I know. Did you see Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury are on the new UFC video game by EA Sports? I'm watching that last night, and I'm going, this is going to put so many fucking retards on tilt. Like, who gives a shit, man? Who fucking cares? It's a fucking video game. How old are you that you're on tilt that they haven't come out with a new boxing video game yet? <laughs> Like, seriously, like, do you sit down and, and, and play video games religiously anymore? No. I, I will say this, that the last time I actually went back, I was probably like 27, 26, and bought a, a, a console, was because of Fight Night. But if they released a new Fight Night now, I will not be buying a new console. You would be the first in line. No, I won't. This ain't, this ain't a movie starring Sylvester Stallone. What? Come on, man. We'll, you know, we'll start a Twitch account, and then we can videotape ourselves playing Fight Night. Who are you going to be? <laughs> Fucking Jesus. That sounds miserable. <laughs> it does sound miserable. Um, I'm going to go do something that adults do. Yes. Like, I'm going to go have, like, adult fun. <laughs> what, what's adult fun? I don't know. <laughs> That's not really that fun. <laughs> Go play golf. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yes, the UFC happened last night. I didn't watch it. so I made some money, I'm, so I'm good. So was it actually, did they actually fight like on a, like in a octagon above a pit of alligators on an island? No, it was in a studio on an island. It looked, didn't look much different from any other. Yeah, so, okay, I'm going to be real for a second, yeah. okay? I turned on the prelims for about 10, 15 minutes, uh -huh. okay? And the only thing that came across my mind is, these motherfuckers on, on an island, they're nowhere near fucking where Abu Dhabi or wherever the fuck they said they were. They're nowhere near. They're in a studio in California or Las Vegas somewhere. They took that shitty uh, low-rent little warehouse where little kids have baseball practice and t-ball practice at, <laughs> where they had their, you know, the, the previous UFC events, and they brought in the interior decorator from Bob Arum's Wiffle Bubble and had him uh, decorate this thing to make it look like they're in some exotic lo uh, location. Dana was like, yeah, and make sure you put, like, something in Arabic on one of the turnbuckles, make them get that exotic vibe going. <laughs> You know what and I mean? What it looked like was when they like showed the the stadium at, uh, on the pay per view. Last, oh, well, you know, a stadium. It looked like you know those bubbles for indoor tennis courts. Yeah, that's what it looked like they were doing it in. Okay, so they so so they held it inside of an NFL team's practice facility. Pretty much, yeah. Right. So uh, the boxing rant is actually filmed on a remote island. <laughs> yeah. As we pan and cut this to the what it looks like outside of the studio. Our extension cords wouldn't reach outside, so we're going to do it in here. There's, there's palm trees and everything right outside. Oh, yeah, all kinds of crazy exotic shit, right? <laughs> That's what it came off to me. It's like they kept running their mouths and promoting this thing. I bet you they got so many buys because people were like, oh, this is going to be a spectacle. On the beach this. is going to be in the background. Yeah, Fight Island. There's going to be like hula girls and shit going like. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't understand why they had to take it there to do what they did. But nonetheless, it was a good card, and I won some money, so I'm good with it. How much did you win? Three seventy-five. Nice little little three fight parlay. I heard um, uh, Masvidal got uh, got bent over, and, and oh, I mean anybody who thought Masvidal was going to win that fight doesn't really know what they're watching when it comes. I'm I'm a I'm a casual UFC fan, but Kamara Usman is a fucking beast, dude. And Jorge Masvidal has kind of been I don't want to call him a flash in the pan, but he's had this meteoric rise. When you really look at it. It's it's been overrated by many. It's got to, you know, as we, you know, we're going to talk about Canelo to lead off this show, but uh, you know, being there that night in Las Vegas when uh, the Canelo Kovalev fight took a back seat and they were taking naps on their couches in the green rooms while Jorge Masvidal's fight was was going on. Yeah. Which, you know, that was more important. We had, we had to make sure we got everybody to tune into the zone. 
after that happened, right? I don't. I I I think you know people lose sight of the fact that Masvidal, and I think this kind of really, but some boxing fans will get butthurt about this, especially Canelo fans. That that Canelo's fight, he fights twice a year, and one of his events got put on the back burner for a guy who literally used to be one of Kembo Slice's henchmen that fought in the backyards of Miami's ghettos. Yeah. I, I, in, in, in street fights. Wasn't he a street fighter? Yeah, yeah. He was a he's a, a Miami street fighting on legend. E-bombs world or something like yeah, that? Absolutely. And it's fucking what's hilarious is like everybody in boxing got so heated at the fact and, and busted the zone's chops so bad for them postponing that fight for the UFC. And now the UFC's got boxers in their fucking video game to help sell their shit. It's, it's, uh, this, the, the world of combat sports is fucking ridiculous. Oh, it really is. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. All right, let's get to some insanity. But before we do, uh, we'd like to welcome all of you to episode 282 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. We appreciate all of you tuning in on all of our platforms. Subscribe to the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, cast box anywhere you can get an audio podcast and check us out um, in the video version full length of the boxing rant podcast on the boxing rant youtube channel drop by our website for links to every platform we have or you can listen or watch right there on the website at boxingpod.com that's boxingpod.com follow us on twitter at vince cummings 81 and at kenny keith jr all right vin let's get right down to it and lead the show off with Canelo Alvarez, so we talked a little bit about Canelo um, as being, you know, a part of the Billy Joe Saunders kerfuffle, right? right? Um, about him backing out of contention to be the opponent for the proposed or I guess anticipated um, uh, uh, September matchup that the obligatory September Mexican Independence Day matchup that Canelo does every year. Um, but now things are really starting. The whole picture is being painted. I'd like to say this about Billy Joe Saunders. I do not back off any of the statements that I made into regards of how just ridiculous of a human being Billy Joe Saunders is. Mm-hmm. The way that he – the guy is clearly not spending any money out of his pocket for public relations help. No. He's handling it himself. <laughs> and the way he handled that made himself just come off like we have you know have always expected Billy Joe Saunders to come off. But now it's all really starting to take shape. So Steve Kim writes an article on ESPN.com's boxing page about the realities. They finally got some information from uh, uh, Golden Boy President Eric Gomez that Canelo is going to be taking some seriously short money if he fights at all. Right. So they preface the entire article there. If he's going to fight at all, it looks like it's coming down to Callum Smith, John Ryder, Jason Quigley, or Toriano, John, Toriano Johnson. Okay, now suppress the migraine for just one second. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's start off with Callum Smith. Callum Smith is the ring magazine champion at super middleweight. What say you about Callum Smith? I have I would you would hear zero complaints uh, uh, from me about that fight. But based on what you're you stated that's in that article and Canelo having to take short money, I, I highly doubt these guys especially a guy like Callum Smith who his name's been bantied about for being a Canelo opponent for the last year, it seems like. I don't think he's going to take short money just like Billy Joe Saunders wouldn't take short money. And and with the situation we're working with right now, to me it would seem like Golden Boy is going to have to reach within their own stable to find an opponent for Canelo Alvarez. And those last two names on that list there, those are the guys that will eventually be the front runners for a Canelo Alvarez fight, and that stinks on fucking ice, my friend. Yeah. Once you you start the sentence with Callum Smith, yeah. then you go to the guy that beat Callum Smith in most people's eyes. Then I don't hate that fight either. I don't hate that fight either, but but people really I mean I mean, John Ryder is like he's just he's jag. Yeah, you know he's, he always definitely jag. He's a jag. You know what I mean? He's 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 TBA, um, you know, in human form. Right. But when, yeah, when you when you mention Jason Quigley and Toriano Johnson, Oof. okay, look, Oof. look. Here's the thing, man. Canelo ain't taking those fights. I don't think that means the money 
is really short. Yeah. So now, if 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 Billy Joe Saunders would have handled this a little bit differently, he could have came out and said exactly what he was offered, and then say, "No, we're going to wait for this pandemic thing to be over when we can at least make four or five million dollars off the fight. I'm not taking five hundred thousand dollars to fight Canelo. I'll just wait a year or two. Right. You know. I mean that that's all he had to do. Nobody wants to be that the the one guy that took the fight with Canelo that didn't get the big payday. <laughs> it would be something if Callum Smith took the fight for five hundred thousand, then John Ryder gets it. For three million next year <laughs> you know like how messed up would that be but seriously i mean jason quigley i don't even know if the, like he, you know he was kind of i guess when when he signed with golden boy like he was supposed to be like this next great irish hype like he was a, a big prospect for them Mm-mm. i mean he, he's like completely irrelevant in the world of golden boy like i don't even know like does he have other business ventures that he's attending to who is relevant in the world of golden boy outside of ryan garcia oh it's true it's true and what are the ramifications of that you know right i mean seriously i mean obviously canelo but outside of canelo and ryan garcia I don't know, man. Maybe that's all they need. I mean, Oscar's not exactly hurting for money right now. No. Although Golden Boy did uh, get a loan from the government. Oh, oh, they did. They did. Um, yeah, and Toriano Johnson, I mean, th- the last time I, th- I'm being— What has he fought last? I, I, I have no idea. But the last time I heard his name mentioned, seriously, was as a prospective opponent for Triple G before— Triple G fought David Lemieux. Hey, I was going to say that had to have been like 2015, 2016. And then it, and then I'm thinking to myself like Toriano Johnson's name has come up in other things, but it's always about him like just being chronically injured. Right. Yeah, I, uh, those two fights to me, I I don't I don't see how Canelo gets up for those fights. I don't see how you those fights even come off as any kind of like that is legitimately I mean, we've seen it with the top ranked cards where we're basically seeing like mid-level club fights and 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 prospects fighting in sparring sessions mixed in with a couple competitive fights that involve B-level guys. I mean, I, I just don't see any way how Canelo can get up for that fight and even, like, why risk injuring yourself against an opponent like that? Why risk, like, we know Canelo's got a bad knee. He's got a bad wheel. Why would you risk further injury with that for short money against an opponent and, and a fight that's going to be just panned across the board. Well, here's the only thing I can think of, and I'm literally just like thinking of this on the fly. I'm like, what? how can they rationalize this? Maybe this is just a ploy to get DAZN to cough up money for a better opponent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like maybe DAZN is sitting here, like they did this article so DAZN would be like, nah, 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 we'll, we'll, We'll pony up the money for Callum Smith. We'll pony up the money for Billy Joe Saunders or for Demetrius Andre, a guy that we got to pay anyways. Right. You know? And if you're DAZone, like, they've they've announced here in this last week or so that Virgil Ortiz, I believe, is going to be a part of their first show. Yes. Um, if you're DAZone, maybe, I, maybe you do pony up a few extra million to get, a like, the first big boxing match back is on your platform. You've lost subscribers. What's the way to get them back? Yeah, yeah. Get, announce a Canelo Alvarez Callum Smith fight. Announce a Canelo Alvarez. Uh, any 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 other champion at one sixty eight. However, a, a legitimate opponent, even if it's the third fight with Triple G, wouldn't you think that that would be the smart business move for them? Well, yeah, I think I read a, an article this past week that they were still planning on launching the beta in all these other countries. Because remember, prior to the pandemic, the next step was for them to launch in, like, 200 countries worldwide. Yeah, and Canelo, so, Billy Joe was the fight for the U.K. Okay, so then you do Callum Smith, and, and and you still get that. Because that's the biggest point here, right? Yeah. I mean, look, Canelo's either going to take the fight or not. He's either going to accept the short money they offer or not. His opponent's going to be his opponent. But if you're DAZN and you're the ones putting this on, and you've literally, I mean, we know how DAZN fucking screwed the pooch on this entire thing. Oh, yeah. Right? They need subscribers back. Not only are they planning on launching in all these other countries, but how are you supposed to get subscribers back for Canelo versus Jason Quigley? You're not. Are you launching DAZN in Ireland? (laughs) 
is Quigley even known commodity in Ireland? <laughs> I mean, I think he's been fighting predominantly in America. We need to have our buddy Steve Wellings from the Boxing Asylum on the show again to talk about yeah. the uh, the career of Jason Quigley. Yeah, and where it's heading, and where and where he's where he's held in uh, in regard over there in the pantheon of. Of current Irish fighters, I, I I don't imagine it's very high. No, I I don't either. I think he's one of these guys that like probably had another job opportunity over here. He's like, you know, tired of bagging groceries in Ireland. I only have to fight twice a year in the U.S. At least I can go to work at McDonald's and get a pension. <laughs> you know. Oh, jeez. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, look, w- w- what we do know at this point in time is that Canelo is staying ready. Yeah. Okay, he's constantly in the gym, and they're going to announce this at the last possible minute because you know how A sides be doing it. Oh yeah, you know it's all about advantage, Team Canelo. <laughs> right. Hold on a second. I know we're not talking about the fights this week. Did you hear the opener of the broadcast on the top rank card the night of the uh, the heavyweight fight, the Takam fight? Can't say that I did. <laughs> Fucking Andre Ward. People think that Carl Frotch is the insufferable, arrogant douchebag. Okay. <laughs> But he comes on. I just the, the whole A side talk just had my mind flip over this for a second. In the opening, he's like they're, they're talking about Sakam. You know, he's headlining the card or whatever. And Andre Ward's like, yeah, you know what? These guys that are just like journeymen or whatever, you got to have respect for them. You know, my entire career, you know, I've always been the A side, so I don't know what that's like at all. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, but Sakam, I got respect for guys like that, but I don't even know what that's like. I mean, the only. The- <laughs> Literally, the only reason that Andre Ward was the A-side in the Kovalev fights was because of the the contract and the deal that he had with Rock Nation and the amount of money he was guaranteed. There was no, like, Andre Ward had trouble selling tickets in his own fucking hometown. Like, I know, ooh, Steph Curry came out to see a couple Golden Golden State Warriors came out to see him. Mm-hmm. He wasn't moving tickets in his hometown. No. Like, Andre Ward, all respect due for what is a great career. But calling yourself an A side, well, that's that's fucking that's a Stretch Armstrong move right there. Well, he no no no, he didn't just call himself an A side. He says whole career he's oh, yeah. been an A side. He, he don't know he didn't know anything about that. Oh, dude. I, anyways, I know that was completely uh, you know switching subjects. There, well, we had to top, talk about top rank boxing for a second at least. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's get back to Golden Boy. So w- we will return to Canelo Alvarez uh, later in the show, but that's the latest on his opponents. Um, but we'll stick it with Golden Boy. Last week's episode, we talked about this bubbling drama between their top prospect. I, I mean, I guess he's their top prospect, Ryan Garcia. Mm-hmm. And now Ryan Garcia has basically thrown down the gauntlet to um, to I, his enabler, Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes. And told him that you either pay me what I want to be paid or release me. From my contract. And I'm just sitting here, I'm trying to think of myself. You know, as, as an adult, right, you blink your eye and it's next year. Yeah. Right? Time flies. When you were a kid, it moved a lot slower. Maybe it's moving re- real slow for Ryan and he thinks five years has passed by. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. But I do recall us interviewing Ryan Garcia last when, no, November. When was last November. Okay. So it's, it hadn't even been. It hadn't even been a year yet. Yeah. Okay. And he. He had just signed that deal. Just signed. A new deal, the highest, the most lucrative contract for a prospect in boxing history. And already he's saying he wants to be released because he expects to be paid as if there's not a pandemic going on right now. Well, and he expects to be paid based on social media, which is just social media following in boxing. It's just that, 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 I mean, it might come into play, but very fucking minor as, as it goes for what you're worth in the sport. And I, I'm sorry, man. Like we all know, like it's it's been brought to light that okay, he's only what, he's only getting two hundred thousand dollars. I think he was offered that a quarter million, three hundred thousand. Right. He signed a seven figure. He signed a contract that had a seven figure signing bonus. Like you've gotten paid, dude. And I I, I know you might see like what Devin Haney gets and what Tiafimo Lopez gets, and and, and Shakur Stevenson. These guys are champions. Well. Except for Devin Haney. He just got that free to zone. Well, money. yeah. I mean, well, yes. <laughs> we all know what, what that is. But uh, like that that makes a difference, Ryan. Like These guys, they own belts. They've, they've fought tougher fights. They've been brought up a little differently than you have. And he sees that and what they're getting paid per fight. And he gets upset because he thinks he brings more butts to the seats. All right, I get it. 
you may sell a few more tickets than these guys do. But as far as viewing numbers go, I don't think you're doing any different than what these guys do in a big fight. And you just, you're not there yet. So he, like, th- there isn't a fighter, a young fighter in boxing that, that that puts himself, that holds himself in such high regard and puts the cart before the horse as far as what he's worth and, and what he should be earning as a fighter. I'm sorry, dude. Like, you got to recognize the time that we're in right now. Obviously, everybody's, Canelo's taking short money. Ryan Garcia shouldn't take short money. I mean, get the fuck out of here, dude. I'm not interested in hearing this this fucking diva that, let's be honest, has been created on the backs of, of Oscar De La Hoya, like you said, with just pampering a, a, this kid. And, a, like, I, I get it. Oscar sees a bit of himself in the kid. I, I'm sure that's what it is. So he wants him to, to be the next Oscar De La Hoya. All the while... He's had this other guy in his stable that he's completely fucking ignored in Virgil Ortiz. And guess what? Now that Ryan Garcia is being a pest for the second time, well, Oscar's taking his ball, and he's and he's going over to Virgil Ortiz's house, and he's going to play ball with him. Did, like, Ryan Garcia is doing nothing but hurting himself. I, I'm sure all of these promotional companies, if he got released, would be chomping at the bit to get him. But in today's time... Are you even going to get the same contract you got last September or whatever it was? No, no, I don't think it's there. It's not there right now. Right now, you just if you're if you're a fighter in boxing, take what you can get, man. Take what you can get at this point in time, and hopefully next year, three months from now, whatever the case is, when it gets back to fucking normal and the sport has you know is operating on its normal state with full crowds, then you can go back to earning that. But for now, take a fight, keep yourself. Take a, a big fight. Keep yourself relevant. Don't be this whiny bitch that everybody is like, we're starting to get sick of it, man. Yeah. Like, he was to a point where everybody was starting to get behind him. He's knocking guys out. He's making a couple first step-up fights. And people are starting to think, maybe this kid isn't a joke. This kid can crack. This kid's got some skills. He's got flaws, but he's got skills. Now it's just chatter, you know, fucking nail salon talking bullshit i don't nobody wants to hear it man yeah shut up (laughs) uh yeah dude it is it's it's getting to the point now where the boxing community because remember at some point you gotta you gotta box yeah right you gotta fight yeah um you know not everybody can be keith thurman ken who (laughs) (laughs) who's keith thurman (laughs) Oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, the guy that Pacquiao the guy, dropped. Yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, at some point, you got to fight. I don't know the technical, like, the, the verbiage inside of his contract that he just signed last year with Golden Boy, but if you take that kind of a signing bonus, I mean, I think that's why you're hearing the language from Ryan Garcia saying, release me, because he's stuck in his contract because he took that money, Yeah, right? So however long that contract is... You better honor your contract, and you're young enough, right? You build your name up enough, then maybe the next deal you sign is directly with the network, and you can bypass all this promoter stuff. Yeah, you know. But in the in the meantime, you take that money. I mean, you're kind of obligated to it, right? I mean, what is this just another ploy to get another eighteen thousand dollar watch for one of your buddies out of out of Oscar De La Hoya? You know, so he takes you to a nicer restaurant next time. I mean, this relationship between the two of them is starting to play out like as if. You know, he's like the spoiled kid. Right. Like, Oscar De La Hoya's got two kids, and one of them is just completely fucking spoiled and gets all the attention. To me... uh, You know, the favorite child syndrome. Right. To me, what what this says is Ryan Garcia is not willing to take the risk of Jorge Linares or Luke Campbell for his current contract because he knows the, the possibility is very high that he loses. And his standing in the sport right now is as soon as he loses... Everybody's going to go, I knew that kid was what I thought he was, right? And he'll he'll lose that standing that he has. So he's not willing to do it. So you've seen the, oh, he's going to fight He's gonna fight Lenars. No, he's not going to fight Lenars. He wants $2 million to do it. Get out of here. Oh, he's going to fight Luke Campbell. No, he's not going to do that either. Now the they're, they're WBO is, 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 is cowtailing to, to, to Golden Boy and saying, here, we'll, we'll offer you this. This fight with uh, to go, and it'll be an eliminator. You'll be the number one contender, and it's a much easier fight. Uh, my guess is 
we see him in that fight for the money that he that is a part of his contract because he's not willing to take those risks for that short money. When he takes his risk, he wants to make sure he's going to get paid for it. Oh, look, man, from I I get I totally get that logic. It's so early in the game, but the problem is with 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 this. I guess the tact and the strategy that Ryan Garcia is using is a public relations nightmare. Mm-hmm. He's the one coming off like a total greedy douchebag. You know, it's fine to feel that way, but don't do the negotiations for this in the public. You know, because you're just going to come off. I mean, people are out there right now just wondering, like, if their if their unemployment benefits are going to get extended at the end of the month right. when they expire. You know, so it. I don't know, man. You know, he just. I want him to have a successful career. He is exciting, man. When he iced that dude, you know, at the uh, uh, the Canelo Kovalev fight, Duno, yeah, Duno in the first round. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man! I mean, that was electric. Yeah, it was exciting. Um, you know, if 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 somebody with a damn common sense at zone was running that operation over there, they would have went right into the Canelo fight, but they gave all the momentum to Masvidal, <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, electric pandemonium in the arena. Hey, guys. Uh, we go live in an hour and a half. Uh, go ahead and take a nap. You know <laughs> those <laughs> images of Kovalev laying on the couch, wait, like just such a bad look, man. <laughs> God, uh, and this is a bad look, um, in, in in my opinion, for uh, Ryan Garcia. They need to get this thing ironed out because look, if Golden Boy wants to stay in the boxing game, they they've got to be patient. Um, with the divas, right? And, you know, and nobody inside the sport of boxing is going to fluff Ryan Garcia like he is by his social media following no, every day because he hasn't done anything in boxing no, yet. Exactly, he's had a few young moments. Yes, like oh wow, wow potential there. I'm ready to get behind this kid. Yeah, let me see what's next. Well, shit. <laughs> when is it next? <laughs> you know, I need a DeLorean to find out what's next. Oh. Better call Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman, what, 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 <laughs> does he have a, a time machine or something? I oh, think so. He just plays the flute. And <laughs> he'll send you, it'll send you wherever you need to go. He summons the uh, the phone booth from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure with his flute. <laughs> Do you remember who made that that photo edit of the two of us playing the flute with Keith Thurman? <laughs> No, I don't. I completely forgot. So I have that picture on the desktop of my computer. I'm going to put it on the website for everybody to see. That's got. That's one of the best photoshops ever. <laughs> Remember that time we jammed? I forgot. All about we we jammed on our recorders with Keith. <laughs> that would have been the greatest day of my life. It would have been. It would have been. You'd have been like, hey, uh, hey, 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 Keith. Hey, maybe just one time. How about playing a skin flute for me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, <clears throat> let's go ahead and bounce back to one of our favorite topics um, on this podcast. It's the um, the world of Devin Haney. Mm. Um, I seem to have gotten underneath of his skin this this past week i saw that yeah um apparently he is on the search engines on instagram and on social media looking around i didn't even tag him in it i just put a hashtag devin haney promotions on it right and the next thing i know first comment underneath my comment was from devin haney himself um you know basically just 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 asking the simple questions about like is it worth it being your own promoter or you know you got all these people out here that are that are apparently ducking you you're sitting around saying everybody's ducking you, right? Right. Well, if you're your own promoter, are you sending any offers to anybody, or are you just waiting for everybody else <laughs> to do the work? And sure as shit, Devin Haney responds not two minutes later on 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 Instagram, um, and uh, and responds saying, "Yeah, my my, my paychecks say otherwise." <laughs> I'm just like, "What does that have anything to do?" <laughs> we knew he was like super sensitive on social media, yeah. But dude, he's sitting around at night. This guy's so bored and so and so paranoid about what everybody's saying about him, that he's on there searching his own name. Rabbit ears, baby. I swear, man. These these This new generation of fighter, man. I mean, Devin Haney's a badass in the ring, man, but he is looking over his shoulders <laughs> at all times being like, what you saying about me? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I mean, he has not been short of, of comments during this entire pandemic. He's been one of the most vocal fighters out there. We talk about public relations and, you know, are these guys doing themselves a service or – is the 
constant just beating of the dead horse over and over and over again is it a detriment to guys that are trying to you know grow their brands um because they're certainly not advancing their careers in the ring so Devin Haney comes out in a um in a recent interview and has comments for everybody okay <laughs> he's touching on all of it because as it looks right now he's kind of the odd man out in this lightweight you know yep. soiree um you know, uh, Mauricio couldn't come up with an imaginary belt for him, so he came. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, he, so he sends him one via email to make him feel like he's part of the party too, while everybody else is fighting for a version of the lightweight belt. Devin Haney thinks he's holding the lightweight belt, so he's got something to say for everybody. He says the 135 pound unification runs through me. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I, I just want to look. I, I don't want to get on my high horse about belts and the regular and super duper and califragilistic and the diamond and the interim and the regular. I mean, I, it, look, it's all <clears throat> it's all what it is. Okay. Right. In my opinion, and our show is just two boxing fans that pay their way through the sport with their own money's opinions, nothing more. I don't recognize him as a lightweight champion. So, therefore, a lightweight unification would not run through a guy that has never fought for a belt. The last time the WBC lightweight title was fought for, it was between a champion and a contender for a vacant strap. Those two fought to arguably, at that time, the two highest-rated lightweights in the game, Vasily Lomachenko and Luke Campbell. And Lomachenko won the belt by beating a legitimate human being with blood coursing through their veins. Okay, <laughs> Devin Haney has not met the criteria in boxing. He's a belt holder. You fight people. He's a belt holder. He's not, he doesn't hold anything. Okay, He holds, if he printed out the email, he's holding the email. That's it. All right. So that comment right there to me, I know you all think I'm a jackass, you know, get off this Devin Haney thing, but he's not a champ, man. I'm tired of the delusion in this world. Here's the the biggest thing about this situation to me and the way certain people seem to treat it. Like there's a certain faction of boxing fans that seem to treat this situation the way they do. Like it truly does need to run through Devin Haney for any unification, full unification to happen in that division. Okay, I guess technically, if you want to say that, based on the rules and what's happened, sure. Okay, fine. But if the uh, the fighter on the other side of it wasn't Vasily Lomachenko, who puts certain boxing fans on tilt because they don't like his fan base, it would be completely different. Let's be they honest. would sing a different fucking tune. Well, let's be honest. It's not just his fan base. There, there's other factors. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, not one hundred percent. And if, if people aren't willing to accept that, they're they're denying. They're just they're willfully denying that. And and to me, it's just it's it, it it comes down to that more than anything. If the situation was completely reversed, and Devin Haney was the franchise champ, and he took that belt before a, a fight with Lomachenko to quote unquote avoid it. There would not be the same sentiments. Right. People would handle the situation completely differently. Everybody needs to just relax. It's not like <sighs> top rank had a vision for their guys. This is a this is top rank who put this into motion. There's no none of these fighters truly are ducking anybody. Okay? So just take a few deep breaths and take your hate for a fighter's fan base out of what forms your opinion. Fan base. Yes. Fan base. Um, so Devin Haney continues, at this point in my career, I don't mind mandatories at all because it forces the best fighters in my division to get in the ring with me. They can run, but they can't hide. Mandatory for me means mandatory cash. It's good to be in a stacked division. If I, if, if I can, I'm going to fight all of them. I hope Teofimo Lopez beats Loma and then fights me in a unification for all the belts like he promised Mauricio Suleiman. To me, it looks like Luke Campbell is looking forward to the opportunity of getting beat up by me more than Ryan Garcia is looking forward to it. I'm guessing in Ryan's defense, he's never lost, so he's moving in a little different 
and try a, a little different direction and trying to stay undefeated. But I don't think Eddie Reynoso and Golden Boy really want him to fight me yet. Luke is accustomed to losing in big fights. We know he's come up short more than once, and I think he has more of a uh, I don't give a damn attitude, and I'm cool with that too. As far as Javanta Tank Davis goes, I don't like throwing water on a drowning man, but leaving a stacked 135-pound division to take a fight at super featherweight kind of tells me uh, where he's at. It's no secret I'm a problem at 135 pounds. I know Jose Ramirez ain't sleeping good at night either. <laughs> he got Haney at one uh, 140 pounds or Terrence Crawford at 147-pound problems to think about. I don't wish that on anybody. Josh Taylor is an easier fight for Ramirez than me or Bud, but it's still a tough 50-50 fight. Ramirez is out here looking like food on the low. Um, I'm anxious to get back in the ring as soon as the experts give me the green light. I want all the smoke. Look, so there's man. a lot to unpack there. <laughs> I'll say this to to like cover everything with an umbrella. Style. Like I respect the kid's confidence in himself, but like, can you just show me, man? Just show. Me. Don't tell me. Show me. I hate the guys that have to tell me where they stand and who they're better than and who they dominate. Just fucking do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And I I get it. You are you are the odd man out of this situation. And at the end of the day, the sport is a business. You ended up outside of the boardroom on this one. Uh, I don't know whose fault that is, whether it's the promotional company you chose, the promotional companies on the other side of things. But this is how the business of boxing works. So when you chose to go the route that you chose, which I also have respect for, which is the more um, – Bernard Hopkins approach to getting fights and, and controlling your own career. You've got to understand that when you do that, the business of boxing does not really like fighters doing that. So they end up being on the outside looking in sometimes, which when you go back to Bernard Hopkins career, it took him into his early to mid thirties before his career took off because of a lot of that. So just like, these are, these are the realities you can, you can mince words and chop it up and call this bullshit and that bullshit and this fighter's ducking and that fighter's ducking. At the end of the day, the business of boxing's got you fucking bent over and you don't like it. Yeah. And you're sounding off. I get it. But give me a break, dude. Like, don't tell me. Fucking show me. Well, look, it's the same thing. He's uh, if, if you noticed throughout this whole diatribe here, um, a lot of the people's names that he's dropping are all on the top rank side of the street, right? Yes. And it's no, it's really no, it's it's it is it's a little bit different in the way that it's set up or whatever. But it's not it's not much different than what you know, uh, Terrence Crawford is going through, being the top welterweight in a in in a in a no man's land at top rank, right? And all the opponents are over at the PBC, um, you know. But I completely agree. You know, those are all. I'm I'm, I'm glad you brought that up as far as the, uh, you know, the B hop comparison, and you know, and 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 where that puts you. You know, a lot of times on the outside looking in because people are just so much more inclined to do business in house if something can be made. Right. Um, you know, the Tiafimo Lopez fight at this point in time is a much bigger fight for top rank and it's a much bigger fight for Lomachenko. I mean, Tiafimo Lopez um, is the number one contender rated by the ring. Okay. So Lomachenko is fighting the best available opponent in almost everybody's eyes except for the Devin Haney fanboys. Right. Um, but the whole thing about like, uh, Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor, I, look, I get like the commentary about guys like he hasn't even ventured into that fighting a, a top ten contender yet. So he hasn't fought the Fortunas or the Togos or the Luke Campbells or the Jorge Linares. He hasn't even fought anybody on that level yet. But he's going, he's jumping the shark and getting all the way to fucking unified champions of a of a completely different weight class. Um, based off of Devin Haney's last uh, opponent, um, based off of the fact that he fights at 135 pounds and is wildly inexperienced, I would put a significant amount of money on Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor against Devin Haney. I mean, I just think that those two are on a completely different level at this point in their career. Not only just size, just it's in-ring experience. In-ring experience. They've been in fights, dude. You're, yeah. talk, you're talking about two dudes, one of which is about as tough a fucking out as there is in boxing, and the other guy is a is 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 in the same category, in my opinion, as Canelo Alvarez and Terrence Crawford 
as far as being a multifaceted fighter that can make adjustments on the fly that's tough as fuck in Josh Taylor. I just, great. If you're going to name drop those two, I want to see you fight them. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I think he is just way in front of himself. Maybe he has to drop these names that just seem to be so far on the peripheral. If I was Devin Haney, as you know, being as intelligent as he is to be his own promoter, um, you know, I would tell myself, I'd be like, hey, maybe we should like fight somebody else before we go and fight uh, one of the top 10 pound for pound fighters in the world in Josh Taylor and probably one of the top 20 fighters in the world in Jose Ramirez. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you know, how about a real fight first? Yeah, let's. I mean, it, look, if those fights were to be announced to be next, I'm fucking all in. I, I, if if they're on the, if they're east of the Mississippi, I'm there. Right, and I, and and that's fine. Like I respect what the kids doing and calling these guys out. That's I, I, I like the confidence. Sure, but god damn it, man! Like these these kids, and it's and it's these young guys in the sport of boxing right now. They they just they get ahead of themselves, man. And and I know it's 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 all about promoting themselves and them as a fighter, and it's different than from what we're used to coming up watching the sport of boxing. Fighters weren't sounding off like this all the time. You heard it, you know, after a fight in the ring, you know, they call this guy out, they call that guy out. Maybe in an interview in a boxing magazine, you read something, but it's not as out it's not as out there as it is now, and it's just annoying, man. Like I'm tired of it. You think if Oscar had had Twitter back in the '90s? Oh, him and him let me and tell you tri- something. If and, Oscar and Dad and Roy, if and Oscar had, if Twitter was around in the '90s, Oscar would have been in jail. <laughs> There's a young girl that would say, "Yeah, let's just be honest about Oscar's life." Oh man, but just imagine the Twitter beef. So imagine Roy Jones, like in like prime Roy Jones in the '90s, <laughs> in, like early 2000s on Twitter. Oh, uh, would have been great. It would have yeah. been great. Oh man, yeah, yeah. The guys with the big personalities and the guys with the checkered backgrounds would have been uh, a sight to behold back then. Imagine the promotion for freaking uh, uh, De La Hoya versus Mayweather. I mean, that was fucking <laughs> yeah. massive as it was. Yeah, dude. there was a when I watched I watched that fight in Savannah, Georgia. Okay, at a bar that held concerts. Right, they had a fire capacity of five hundred people in the venue. Right, and there was a fucking line. People were outside. I'd go outside because I had a wristband on, right? Right. Because I worked at the place at the time. And I'd go outside to smoke a cigarette, and there was probably 100, 150 people in the parking lot watching it through the windows on the big screen. <laughs> Jesus. That's how yeah. big it was. Yeah, that was a huge fight. Huge. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So um, the next generation is um, some people are getting on with business and – some people are just speaking into a megaphone, Ken. They are. Uh, they are. Some people are not, uh, not um, you know, cut out to be the guy that has to wait in line for rides. They want to cut to the front. Yep. You know. Okay. Let's uh, let's get past the two youngins. Um, Jose Ramirez. We were just talking about him. It looks like the third time's the charm, and it looks like he's going to be fighting Victor Postal uh, for. Um, I guess this is a mandatory. He's going to be defending his WBO and WBC. Uh, unified junior welterweight titles um, sometime in late August. They don't have an exact date pinned down, but it looks like they're going to be able to make this happen. Ah, good. I mean, Jesus Christ. Another good fight, another good opponent. Yeah, I, I, I mean, this fight has seemed doomed. If it doesn't happen this time, let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. seriously. Let's just move on to Jose Ramirez versus Devin Haney at 140. Yeah, there you go. You know? <laughs> Hey, if hey, if Devin Haney wants to move up to 140, he's got the WBC belt, right? Uh, he's not long before he moves up before uh, to 140. So yeah, man, 140 is about to be. I mean, you think 135 is stacked? One, one I think. Well, I think what's going to happen is 140. You're going to see the exit of the of the stars now to 147, and you're just going to see this new batch move right in, which is fine. What's I'm, Regis Progray up to? Give me a Progray versus Haney fight at 140. What's up with that? Yeah, and Progray, he's he's a, basically a free agent, right? I mean, he doesn't have a deal with a network. I don't think so. I mean, somebody might have some options on him after the World Boxing Super Series, but I don't know that to be for sure. That's just speculation. I thought his next fight was going to be on zone. I thought. <clears throat> well, maybe. Um, I know he's not taking – what is it? The, is it the – what, what Oh, the Maurice Hooker. Yeah, the Maurice Hooker fight because they couldn't agree on weight. Yeah, well, Maurice Hooker, he kind of – Talked his way out of that one. Yeah. Well, he tried to make uh, – he kind of drug Progray through the mud on the way out, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Well, Progray's exposed him pretty much, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Vasily Lomachenko versus Tiafimo Lopez for the WBO, WBA. 
IBF, um, you know, for all the belts, Ben. Let's just yeah. let's just call it what it is. Gonna, we could call it a full unification if you want to piss some people off. Let's do that. Yeah, for uh, for all the belts. <laughs> Um, Lomachenko versus Tiafimo Lopez looks like it is moving off of September 19th and moving on to October 3rd. Ah. So this gets to a bigger question, okay? Um, all right, l- l- let me just get to this, and then I'll, I'll circle right back. Then, Jamel Herring versus Carl Frampton, a fight that a lot of people were worried was going to go off to oblivion mm-hmm. because Jamel Herring is fighting Jonathan Okendo next week? Is he? Yeah. Okay. I think it's next week. I don't know. Could be completely wrong on that. But I, I, it's a, it's a, yeah, I think it is next week. I think so, you're right. But it's a, point being is we got a placeholder fight, and a lot of people were concerned. They are like, man, is that Frampton fight ever going to happen? Because mm-hmm. I think everybody loves the Herring-Frampton fight. That's a fight that I know you and I really want to see. Yeah. Um, but this being said is, is that we've got a late August fight that doesn't have a date pinned down. We have an October 3rd fight that on last week's show was on September 19th. That's been that's been bounced as many times as Ramirez Postal has. And Bob Arum comes out and says that Herring versus Frampton is going to happen in November, but they don't have a site yet. Yeah. This tells me that they are trying to keep boxing fans' interest held on, yeah. being like, guys, it's coming around. I promise you, we're, we're go- you're going to get some good fights. We just need you to hang in while we shovel shit down your throat in the meantime. <laughs> is that what it tells you? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is the carrot dangling 101. They don't know when any of these fights are happening. No, and, and they're, it's more of a, like, it's not an announcement of a fight. It's a, hey, everybody, this is what we'd like to do, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it is. It's it's like great. I, I'm glad to see that all of these fights are still on the horizon. But there's like I have I hold no hope of seeing any one of those three matchups right there. No, look, I, I am 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 very hopeful that we get past sort of the state that boxing is in right now. Right, because the numbers clearly reflect that there's not very much interest right now. No, um, you know. I mean, you know, to quote Andre Ward, I respect Carlos Tacan, but he ain't no A-side. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Um, okay, let's get to some questions, Vin. We let's do it. We haven't done this in a couple weeks. Um, let's start off with Coach Billy, okay? Coach Billy has been a longtime listener. I don't know, Coach Billy, I know you're listening, but I don't even know if you're on social media out there, but we have talked through the Boxing Rant mailbag. Um, you can email the show with questions. Just drop by the website, boxingpod.com. Coach Billy says, love the show. Always insightful and, of course, entertaining. It is my opinion that Cinnamon is referring to Canelo Alvarez for all of you that have just tuned into boxing today for the first time. It is my opinion that Cinnamon will stay away from the three Bs. No, not third baseman, but Baturbiev, Bival, and Benavidez. Of those three... Who do you think beats Canelo? Coach Billy thinks all three can, but he thinks Baturbiev beats him for sure. What say you, Vin? Uh, I would I would tend to – I'll say this. Baturbiev is way too much for Canelo, and I don't even think that fight would even be entertained by Canelo or his camp for a split second. Benavidez, mm, that's a close fight. I would probably favor Benavidez because of the amount of punches that he throws and his size. But that's something I'd have to think about. I'd favor Benavidez now. Bivol, I think Canelo could handle Bivol pretty easily. Really? I, look, Bivol is a good fighter, but he's too vanilla. There's not there's not enough layers to Bivol. Canelo would figure Bivol out very quickly, and the counterattack would be destructive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I say, look, Baturbiev, I think, would do serious damage at cruiserweight, okay? He's a big, light heavyweight to begin with. He fought at heavyweight in the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, he is—he has freakish power. That is just—I mean, you're talking about a pound-for-pound guy, yeah. and he's enormous, you yeah. know? I, that's just—that's a bridge too far. Yeah. Um, Benavidez, I agree with you. I think that his size, his output—I mean, Benavidez has freakish reach, yeah. okay? Um, and he is a consummate pressure fighter. Here's the thing about there's two th- two reasons why I think Canelo wins the fight though. I think what Benavidez does, even though he would be extremely dangerous for for Canelo Alvarez, I think he plays into a counter puncher's um, 
you know, what they want to do. Now, would Canelo at 168 pounds be able to hurt Benavidez, who is a much bigger man than him? Mm-hmm. I think that Benavidez would take the mentality, if, if the fight were to happen, this is how it goes down, Benavidez would take the mentality of, Canelo, I'm going to let him counter me. He can't hurt me. Right. Okay? I'm going to bring punches and bunches. I'm going to lay the pressure on Canelo. And then when the fight's over, Adelaide Bird scores at 118 to 110 for Canelo Alvarez. <laughs> the fight's in Vegas, and Canelo right. wins on the cards. Right. That's how it goes. Yeah. The Bivol fight, I, I tend to agree with you, man. I just feel like Bivol is too in and out. Um, if he was in and out, a straightforward, fought in a straight line type fighter like a prime 2014 fighter of the year, Sergey Kovalev. Yeah. If, with it, serious power. With serious power behind it. Then you're talking about something different. But I completely agree with you. I think that type of fighter, a guy that comes straight in and a guy that goes straight back, whose power is average to above average. It's coming down in weight. Coming down in weight. Yes, that's, the, that's really the key. I'm glad you brought that up. Is that Bivol has stated over and over again when he, when he name drops Canelo that he could easily make 168 pounds. That's no problem. Even though he's fought his entire pro career at 175 pounds, this far into his pro career, he could still easily make 168 pounds. Well, you should not have said that. You put uh, insert foot in mouth because you know for a fact now that you say you can easily make 168. Canelo, if you're lucky we'll have the fight at 168 with the rehydration clause. Yeah. But then maybe Canelo says, no, we'll do it at 164 with no rehydration clause. How about that? Yeah. You uh, can make 168 easy, easy. What's the other four pounds? So A-side weight advantage, Canelo. Uh, B-Vol not multifaceted enough and, no. and eventually gets timed. Nope. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with that. Okay. Uh, boxing degenerate at Donnie D again. Um, asked Vin, kind of keeping it on the same... Uh, topic of- slayer of Afro Latinas. Let's be let's be clear of what this man is. Okay, oh. uh. we, we must we, we must pay respect to this man. <laughs> all, when mentioning Donnie D again, you must say all of his names prior. <laughs> He's like the Apollo Creed of Twitter, man. All right, <laughs> nice. Uh, in all of boxing, what two fighters, being only one weight class apart, would you be most interested in watching? Example: Crawford versus Taylor, Canelo versus Bivol. Then we just talked about two of them in that last question. I want to see David Benavidez and Arthur Baturbia fight. Whoa! Yes, I've never heard those two mentioned as possible opponents, even in the masturbation <laughs> fights that people put together. Dude, just think about that for a second. Think about the punch output and the size of Benavidez, and I think at one seventy-five. He's sturdy enough to handle the power. Um, I'm not saying he doesn't get dropped or stopped late in the fight, but I think that fight makes for both guys in the hospital when the fight's over. Really? Yes. Oh, that is very – that is intriguing. That is intriguing because I think those two be looking eye-to-eye eye at each other. Is oh, ben, is, I think Benavidez is a little taller. He's maybe, maybe an inch, inch and a half, maybe two inches. 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, yeah, Benavidez 6'2", yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't even think about that, man. Dude, that is a that fight is ruthless <laughs> destruction. Yeah, you got me all warm and fuzzy inside now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> man, I would definitely favor Baturbiev. I just think that he has just like he, you know, it's like his his punching is like Thor's hammer. He just like holds his fist up to the sky and it recharges with a bolt of lightning. <laughs> right. You know, it's just there's something yeah. otherworldly about his punching. Uh huh. Um. I would have to go with um, – I know that this is – look, I really, really, really want to see Terrence Crawford versus Josh Taylor. Oh, I do too. I think that that is arguably the best fight that you can make in boxing. Uh, if, on many different levels as far as both guys being uh, complete dogs in the ring, both guys having multiple layers to their game, yeah. I mean, I've been saying that for over – like, that is the one fight that I see being a fight that kind of goes down in history as one of the great fights in boxing. I favor Terrence Crawford to win, and I even think Terrence Crawford could stop Josh Taylor. But I think it would be great until that happened. I think the fight that I would be most intrigued to watch, though, besides that, because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, 
Donnie D, the 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 Slayer of yeah, the Slayer of Afro Latinas. There you go, the Slayer of Afro Latinas. I want to make sure I pay the proper respect <laughs> before mentioning his name again. Um, you know, he kind of teed it up with with Crawford versus Taylor. Yeah, but if you want it for me, and I can technically say that these two are a division apart because Canelo is technically a one hundred and sixty eight pound belt holder. Yeah, right. And well, I guess it, well, did he vacate the 175 belt as well? I don't know. Anyways, Jamal Charlo versus Canelo Alvarez. That's the fight I want to see. And yeah, here, and great. He, here's why. I think a lot of people want to see that fight too. But for me, I want to truly see. I believe in Jamal Charlo more than I do, say, Demetrius Andre. Yes. Okay. Oh, without a doubt. So and so that's why I don't really. I'm not as excited to see. Demetrius Andre in any of these fights that he says that he wants that he's never willing to take it must be a 40 to 1 favorite or he's not taking the fight um kind of a situation for him I'm just I don't think he's that good I think Demetrius Andre is slow and overrated um Jamal Charlo is intriguing to me because he's one of these guys who is definitely beatable but he's definitely dangerous, and I really want to get a litmus test to see exactly where he's at. I want to see exactly what level he's on. You could name 10 fighters that could be made or broken by fighting Canelo Alvarez to see exactly where they are, mm-hmm. right? We saw where Golovkin was in the first fight. We mm-hmm. saw that Golovkin was the better fighter in the first fight. Right. The second fight... Wow, was that much more even? Right, right. A different approach. Canelo wised up and said, "This guy can't fight off his back foot. I'm going to bring the pain to the guy." They say you shouldn't get close to. Right, right. What would Jamal Charlo do against Canelo Alvarez? I think there'd be a lot of tense, oh yeah, tense flinching for the first couple rounds in that fight. I would, yeah, I wouldn't say that would be the most action-packed fight. I think you'd be seeing a couple guys that would be looking to counter the other guy. I think it would have you on the edge of your seat, though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think it's a bad fight. I just think it's a very, very technical fight. Man, and it's look, it's Jamal Charlo is another one of those guys we talked about, guys that are kind of on the outside looking in at their respective divisions right now. I would love to see that guy get a fight like them. Even if, even if he got beat by Canelo, I think he puts up a more than respectable performance against him. Absolutely. You know, that's, I think that that at the end of the day, I know there's a pandemic going on and I know we don't know when we're actually going to get, you know, a good fight. Hopefully, you know, it's, it's within the next couple months, um, you know, we get some semblance of boxing normalcy. Fans are no fans. But um, there's a lot of in the era where even the guys that aren't fully established are fighting twice a year. There's not enough activity. In boxing, that there there's so many guys that you just don't know the full story on yet. Right. There's so many guys out there that need that test. I'm not even referring to the Devin Haney's and the Ryan Garcias. Those guys haven't even fought a guy with a with a with, with a pulse yet. Right. Okay. Um, I'm talking about the guys that are right there, that are right there, that could that could be on the cusp of greatness. Mm-hmm. Right. That are not in the conversation of great. They're really good fighters. Yeah. But there's so much mystery and intrigue behind them. I don't know if the severe the severity of the fracture that is the sport now being into three major factions on top. You, you take that math, you add that with the fact that even the guys that are not, um, you know, the consummate A-sides fighting twice a year. It just it's so complicated to get anything done, to get the ball rolling, to get momentum, which is why we can hate on the fact and the Deontay Wilder fans out there can really feel that they're being disrespected by Tyson Fury going ahead and signing in principle deals to fight Anthony Joshua twice next year. Mm-hmm. But, geez, at least he's getting the fucking ball rolling. Who else has the ball rolling? At least he's looking to the future. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And not looking for the shit fights in between. Right, exactly. You know? Yep. Here's my plan. Here's who I want to fight. Let's go ahead and make these deals. Yeah. Well, he's just making it clear, like, I'm not fighting any stiffs. Like, we're, we're, going, we're going for the big fish. Yeah. I, I definitely am a believer of, uh, come on, man, don't count your chickens before you hatch. Do not put the cart before the horse. You still got to fight Deontay Wilder a third time. Yeah. But. Absolutely. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, win, lose, or draw, there's some Joshua action coming in the, yeah. in the back of that. Yep. 
Uh, sign me up. Sign me up for any big fight at this point, Vin. Yeah, something competitive at the high level. Not competitive club fights. Competitive guys that are at the upper echelon of the sport. I'm going to venture to say, just uh, we started the show off this way. Let's close the show this way. Um, let's go ahead and, 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 and get you to, uh, to piss off a few more uh, bleached buttholes out there on, on, on Twitter, okay? <laughs> Would you say you bought the pay-per-view last night, right? The UFC pay-per-view? I did. Okay. I wasn't going to, but I did. Did you watch more UFC from start to finish last night than you have any of Top Rank's Wiffle Bubble combined? <laughs> I'll be honest. I wasn't intently watching from 6 p.m. on, but I had the UFC on the TV for six to seven seven hours last night. Oh, then that's way more than... Uh, I don't think I've watched four hours of Top Rank. I've tuned in to every one and tuned out very quickly. It just, it just can't hold my attention. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Only if they would get Kriegel just to fucking pick up the pace a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> that's a minor part of it, though, honestly. <laughs> oh, man. So Vin is converted. He has stepped over to the other side. Officially all UFC all day, baby. You going to be rocking some, some Reebok spandex shorts tomorrow? <laughs> I will not be rocking any UFC gear. <laughs> but it's the best. Their shit stinks. It does. It is the worst. It is the worst. All right. Um, well, that'll do it. That gets us to the one-hour mark on the show, Vin. Boom. Let's get out of here. Do you have any more questions from the fans or no? Uh, I got one more for you. Okay. One more. One more. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Okie doke. <laughs> <laughs> this is from our guy Peter Davis. Davis. He says, "What's the largest animal you think you could beat in a street fight, Ken?" He's got to save the best question for last. You go first. I'm thinking that I could KTFO a kangaroo. No. Oh, way. absolutely. No. I mean, absolutely. I'm doing. Ba I'm doing backgrounds again. I'm telling you, my footwork, dude. I got some of the streets in my feet, Ken. Do you? Oh, yeah. I move like Apollo Creed in his prime. Really? Yes. Pre-Rocky Apollo Creed. I don't know if you guys have ever seen any of those fights, but I have. <laughs> so you are you are Apollo Creed that's training Rocky <laughs> in Rocky Three to get ready for the rematch against Clubber Lang. Yeah. And I might move a little bit more like Rocky in Rocky Three, but, you know... I he had a little bit of streets in his feet in that fight, Ken. He did. He did. Oh, I think a kangaroo fucks you up. <laughs> <laughs> Those things have iron chins. Have you ever seen a what kangaroo What about that fight? video where the kangaroo had that guy's dog, and he just ran up and two-pieced that motherfucker, and he didn't even do anything? They, edited, they cut that video short. You know what happened in the end. Did they? They had to have. That kangaroo probably came back and was like, nah, son. <laughs> I, I think I could at least get some good licks in. Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, Might win it on the cards. I do like the matchup, though. Stylistically, <laughs> you styles, styles make fights. <laughs> you know? I would imagine you and a kangaroo would probably, a large kangaroo would probably be about the yeah. same same height. Yeah. You might have in the, in the reach, but dude, the the feet. I mean, kangaroos got See, big ass feet, and you can't tell a kangaroo not to kick. Well, I, don't, I mean, if he wants to come to my side of the street, he's going to play by my rules. This ain't MMA rules. This ain't kickboxing rules. It's these hands or nothing. <laughs> I don't want no baby kangaroo hopping out the pouch, <laughs> throwing low blows speed, either. Speed bagging my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what was the question again? The biggest animal that you think you could beat in a street fight? <laughs> What's the largest animal you think you could beat in a street fight? Largest animal I think I could beat in a street fight. Um, uh, I'm going to go with... A Galapagos tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, son. That neck. Yeah, that neck. Uh, no, I don't know. I was just thinking maybe something really slow and something really old. Um, I don't have anything good or funny like, like you have. I, I would probably take any of the animals against me, to be honest. Um, I have been in a fight with, with a couple dogs before. I have taken on a German Shepherd. I got pieced up in the leg, but, you know, I had to let them know. We all know what the ultimate battle is with you, Ken. What's that? It is that 9.30 bowl of ice cream. Are you or are you not going to eat it? Oh, I dominate. <laughs> <laughs> dominate it. 
dominate it. But the problem is my game is rusty right now. I need a full camp to get ready for it. <laughs> you know, I'm not talking about a six week camp. I need a full ten week camp. You ain't taking that bowl. You ain't, you ain't taking on that bowl short notice. Are I you? have not had a bowl of ice cream in two and a half months. Ooh, I would not be prepared for Ooh. that. Ooh, I, I would. You might wake up with some stomach cramps. I think I would rather fight Artur Baturbia because <laughs> at least the next morning I would just. It would probably be one punch. I'd probably have a broken jaw, but I'd be cool with some painkillers. If I ate a bowl of ice cream right now, I'd be I'd, I'd have to I'd have to use my vacation. <laughs> I would. I'd have to take off work for a week. At least skip a day. You can you can go spend a couple hours on the toilet in the morning. Oh man, yeah. But animals, I don't know, man. I got into a fight with a dog before. <laughs> you know, an actual fight. Well, I mean, it bit me. <laughs> I grabbed it. bit me in the leg. It snuck up on me from behind and bit me in the literally chomped into my thigh. Its tooth went like an inch into my thigh. Right within arm's reach was a metal rake, a grating rake. Yeah. And I grabbed that thing and turned around and started charging that fucking dog, dude. It took off running. I was swinging that rake at it. <laughs> I was so pissed off. Isn't there, isn't there a legend of, of one Ken Keith punting a cat? No, I did not punt the Baxter cat. Baxter style. Baxter style. No. No. There has been many a cat I would love to punt. Um I have been known as the breaker of chains when it comes to cats. If I see a cat, I have a tendency to gravitate towards that cat and be like, "Hey cat, I'm going to set you free." Um actually, uh, a story I just told you for the first time today. Yes. Okay, folks. I was living with Vince's girlfriend. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> and Vince knew all about it. That's Whoa. A, that's the kind of heart this guy has. Kangaroo fight. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he let me live with his girlfriend and her twin sister. Um, but anyways, they had a cat, and I'm not a fan of cats. I think if you are a man and you have a cat as a, your sole pet, you have a built-in excuse if you live with a woman. You yes. Can, you, you can pawn the cat off yes. as being hers. Um, but uh, she used to take this fucking cat and put it outside on one of those yard leashes that you put a dog on, okay? Fucking cats are, they're not dogs, first off, okay? And this cat would not shut up. So I came home drunk one night, and the cat was outside on a leash, and it was meow, 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 meow. So I just was like, you know what? Clearly this cat is miserable. It does not need to be on, on you know, chained up like this anymore and be this evil woman's prisoner. So I set it free. I uh, <laughs> I unleashed the cat and set it free, and for about thirty minutes I felt like this just this liberator, right? I felt right. like I felt like Khaleesi on Game of Thrones, uh-huh. you know. And then the fucking cat came back and was at the door, fucking squealing, <laughs> you know. So we didn't get to your question, Larry, about what do you do with a cat that that your your significant other brings home without telling you. You just punt it. Yes. Take it on the balcony. Punt it. Yes. Just let it go. It's legal in all 50 states. <laughs> Especially Wisconsin. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Hey, they always land on their feet, so who cares, can right? You, can you get it to the parking lot? What's your hang time? <laughs> let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Work on that spiral. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. Kind of fumbled that one. All right. Well, yeah. that'll, that'll do it, Ken. Yeah, got a good cat story out of it, though. Um, all right, so that'll do it for episode 282 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. We'll be back next week um, with more fights that are speculated to happen. Speculation, baby. And we'll probably have some UFC talk. I mean, let's keep it going. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we're transitioning then. Yes. <laughs> we, might, we might be tucking that boxing D here in the next couple weeks. <laughs> That's right. And eventually... Uh, taking it to the next level with the full-on boxing snip. <laughs> <laughs> Full transition mode. <laughs> oh, man. Um, if you have not subscribed to the Boxing Rant Podcast, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, anywhere you get audio podcasts. Subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. All the links for every platform that the Boxing Rant is on are available at our website, boxingpod.com. Stop by Pod. Dot com. Follow the show at The Boxing Rant on all the social media platforms. And follow us on Twitter at VinceCummings81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. So until next week, we appreciate all of you tuning in to The Boxing Rant Podcast. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get it.